It's Thursday, 2 p.m. Pacific. I'm Fred McMurray, which means this has to be. Hey, Jerry. <laughs> Hello, Kristen. Isn't this fun? Fred just dropped it on us all of a sudden. I was like, oh, as I'm trying to figure out how to stop my watch from ringing. I still don't know how to do that. I've only had it for three years. Well, hey. Kristen. Hey, I'm excited to help you kick this thing off and facilitate this today. Another, it's going to be one of the best shows I think we've had in a long time with pillars. I mean, Jerry, it's Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, I just forgot my hat. <laughs> but I do have some margarita mix in the chair next to me. So I'm going to try to withstand, you know, leaving it there, not touching it until the show's over. We had a great show today. Oh, it's going to be great. I'm so excited to be a part of it. But uh, so what's going on in your world, Kristen? Well, you mean like every day or? No, I mean like related <laughs> to business. How's the franchise world treating you today? Hey, the franchise world is great. You know, it's the best news of all in franchising right now is like I'm actually growing my staff. I'm like amazed. It's been fabulous. Things are picking up. And before it was like, sorry, you'll have to wait a month and a half before we can come see you. And uh, so that's going great. Pillars of Franchising is going great. Uh, we've been uh, meeting some, I've been meeting with some really great franchisors, helping uh, match some new to be franchisees with some great models. And so things are just busy. It's been a lot of fun. And today well, I know. we have an amazing show. I'm so excited. You know, my daughter's on here again. You guys have introduced her a couple times before. Yeah. And she's with a lovely group of ladies who are involved in the franchise world. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's going to, I hope, open some eyes of some of our listeners as to the opportunities and so on related to, uh, you know, powerful leadership type ladies in franchising. Yeah, I'm looking really forward to it. So we're going to get started here, and we're going to have everybody go around and introduce themselves because everybody we have on the panel today is from a different uh, vertical, a different, even some of them from different parts of the world. So I'm excited to uh, start the introduction. So Fred, you want to cue us up and let's see what happens. We want to remind everybody as we get started today that um, you can call in at 323-580-5755. So don't forget, and you can also do live chat at uh, pillarsoffranchising.com. And with that, let's start from the bottom up this time, just to make things tricky, because we haven't seen you in so long, Andrea Mundy. Please introduce yourself. All right. Well, I have not been on the show for a while, um, and I uh, was last on the show when I was a franchisor um, for a company that I was a co-founder and co-owner of called SCOA, still in the franchising space, but I'm in a very different capacity now on the supplier side um, and have been working in the last year and a bit um, through my own consulting company, RDCP Consulting. That uh, actually is the name of all four of my kids. 
and um, last year did a wonderful contract with Massage Heights, um, working on their retail strategy, and was really fortunate to work with Susan Borso, who um, I knew through Franworth, who um, now owns Goa Franchising in the U.S., and have started um, just recently uh, this past year working with Woven Brands, um, heading up marketing and working with Matt Goebel and um, working on the supplier side, which has been really different and, and really enjoyable. Awesome. Well, welcome to the show. We're so glad to have you back and excited to learn all about the new stuff that you're doing. Thank you. Um, Cassie, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, yes, I am Cassidy Ford. I am Account Director at FRM Solutions, and we're an end-to-end enterprise-level CRM software provider, which is exciting uh, because I get to work with a lot of franchisors across every industry all around the world. And I actually come from the franchisor side of things, and um, I'm on my 10th year of, of franchising now, and I, I, I love it. And I'm kind of stuck, I think, here uh, for the long haul. Um, but we we do have um, clients, like I said, in, in every vertical. So I have a lot of experience just kind of um, in seeing different ways of doing business and different um, types of businesses. And it's one of those things that I am able uh, very gratefully to kind of take that and be able to contribute to. Uh, my my clients across the board. So um, thank you for having me back on the show. Awesome. We're so glad that you're here. And Michelle Rempel. Oh, I was like, am I on the bottom of the top? I don't know. I'm Jerry. You never know where Jerry's going to be coming. <laughs> That's right. Hi, I'm Michelle Rempel. I'm the owner of Westline. We're a marketing and web design company. We work with other branch. We work with franchise franchisees and I know sometimes I'm like or e I don't know uh, <laughs> and we have a you know a good time giving that kind of local flavor a lot of times to the franchisees where they get a lot of more of the corporate level marketing um, this is a way to bring more of the you know local level marketing to franchisees so thanks I'm excited to be on the show awesome thanks for joining us again and Karen Hello. Yes, Karen Kimsey-Sword. I am Chief Operating Officer of Del Carnegie Chicago in Northwest Indiana. Um, uh, Del Carnegie is a franchise organization where we really work at, work with people in improving their leadership, human relations, and sales and presentation skills. Prior to, I've been here for a few years. Prior to that, I was actually on the franchisor side with Del Carnegie, and I was VP of the Americas there. So I bring bringing experience in both areas. And then prior to that, I'm a serial entrepreneur where I've, I've started with part of like three different startups over the years, awesome. different stages. Awesome. Well, thank you for being here again this week. And last but not least, Sam, would you like to introduce yourself? I would love to, Kristen. Thanks for having me. Cassidy mentioned being stuck in all of this franchising world. And I think often um, the people in my life, whether it's my staff or other fellow franchisees, they're all in the business that I'm in. So I don't know what I would do without it. I have, uh, I'm a great flip franchisee and uh, I'm in a family business, actually, which is a fun little thing. And um, 
my dad is here with us today, Jerry. Uh, we have 36 great clip salons in Iowa and Nebraska, and um, it's a great time. It's a crazy time for sure to be a business owner and to be, um, you know, whether it's franchising or any type of business, but, you know, it's nice to uh, get on here and see other faces knowing that we're all going to get through this. We just got to keep, uh, keep working on it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for joining us again. And, you know, the, the reason we wanted to do a women's panel today and, and Jerry's going to be our, um, what, what do we call him? The master of what, Karen? Master of ceremonies. Master of ceremony. I was going to make something up, Jerry, but I let Karen do the right thing. That's why she works for Dale Carnegie, and I don't. I can see I'm going to get no respect in this group today. So, oh. here we go. Kristen, I want to interrupt because of all of our panel, we have one person who has not introduced themselves in their background yet. Who would that be? That would be you, Kristen. Oh, well, of course. But, you know, I'm always here. I'm like a piece of stale toast, right? So my name is Kristen Chalmessi. I am the owner of Molly Maid in Bloomingdale and Mount Prospect, Illinois. And I'm also the CEO of Pillars of Franchising, our newest endeavor. Um, and I'm really excited to be here because, obviously, um, all of the work that we're doing here with Pillars of Franchising is brand new we are a startup and bringing all of these great people together has just really helped us uh, grow by leaps and bounds since august so we're excited to uh, see where we're going with all these great relationships all these wonderful franchisors out there and all the people who are looking to come into franchising which is exactly why we're doing this show today because right now about 35 percent of all franchisees are women and we know that there are more young people out there who are looking to get out of the corporate grind. Pretty much right after they've gotten in it, they say, hey, this is just not for me. This is not what I want to do. And um, we also know that franchising is a very inclusive environment. So if, you know, whether you tend to be somebody who uh, leans more towards the arts and you want something that's more interested or something that kind of aligns with your interests that way, or you're somebody who's more into education or services. There's just so many different things out there for you in the franchise world. And um, we do know also that women are a little better suited at some skill sets, Jerry, um, than men in certain areas. I'm being very careful with that. Um, but what we think is really cool is watching women enter the franchising world and really being able to complement a lot of the men leaders. So what you're finding is more inclusive brands, you're finding environments that are um, as well more inclusive and inviting to young people, to people of different lifestyles, dif different demographics. Um, and it's been really great to see franchising grow, not only in the US, but in Canada and abroad and a lot of different countries. So uh, we've brought the women together today to talk about what is it that women can do in franchising and how um, really how accessible franchising is to women out there who, especially coming out of the pandemic, when we got that taste of working from home, we're balancing children and, and home life and a plethora of other things. Um, this is really a great opportunity. So we want to talk to all the ladies today about how they got into it and where they're looking to go moving forward. Well, Kristen, I want to add a little male perspective before we start because it may... That's it, why you're here. It, it may add a little flavor, a little texture to the conversation as it goes forward, right? Um, you know, uh, first off, I'm all inclusive all the time. I love everybody, so I, I really struggle sometimes with, uh, you know, the, the, the minority 
issues with business and and females in business because I think everybody should just be able to do what they want to do and so on. So I, uh, I was fortunate the first franchise I bought into was Great Clips, and they're well known for having a lot of women franchisees and having some very strong uh, female leaders. But what I really love about them is that many of our original franchisees were hairstylists, female hairstylists, and they've grown up to be some of the strongest uh, people, uh, very generic term, right? People want some of the strongest people amongst all the franchisees. And I, I love seeing that in other uh, brands now. And, and uh, you know, I like to think Great Clips kind of set the pace a little bit for that. But right now, I, I you know, I travel the country uh, speaking to groups about franchising. I, I help, uh, I do a lot of coaching and consulting. And it's really fun for me to see how that 35% of women in franchising is, I think, exploding because, you know, I heard this recently uh, from an expert. We have to be careful quoting experts. But uh, one of the things that he said was uh, women are very good at following processes, um, and men sometimes aren't. And my daughter can tell you I struggle with that. So um, when a franchise is a process from beginning to end. And so having people involved of any gender that can follow that will certainly lead to more, um, more success. So I want to kick this off with a question for the panel. And then, uh, and then I'll just call people out. Or you guys, if you if you feel comfortable, just pitch in when it kind of slows down a little bit. But it, people who get into franchising, I mean, when you were in grade school, you didn't say to yourself, "Oh, I want to be in franchising someday." There was something that drug you along that. And in, I'd like to know a little bit about that big moment, that that moment in your life, either personal or business, that really kind of showed you that this was the path for you to take moving forward. And, and I'm going to call on somebody to start with, and then the rest of you just pitch in. So, Andrea, would you start us off with that and see if you can give us a little bit of maybe that one tipping point, that one incident that really got you moving? Yeah, I actually – I have two because I have one from when I decided with the business that I um, was a co-founder in to start franchising. And then I actually have probably a more pivotal moment um, – after I, I exited that business. But in terms of um, why, why when I was running my own business, I started franchising was I actually felt like it was um, the, the best way to ensure that the culture grew and stayed intact. Um, I'd had some experiences working early in my career with Lululemon and there was such a wonderful culture there and early on they, they were franchising. And I recall um, spending a lot of time in the franchise locations, just being so in awe of how they built these great cultures within their own businesses. And, um, and I didn't see that happen in the same way as the company got bigger. So in many ways, I felt like it was the best way to maintain that culture and the values of the company. Um, but why I wanted to stay in franchising was because after I sold my shares in my own company and left completely, I didn't know for a little while exactly if I was me or if I was the company. Um, but what I actually realized was I didn't really like being the face of the brand. That wasn't what I got excited about ever. Um, what I liked about franchising was being someone who could create an opportunity for others to be entrepreneurs. And I loved that. And I realized I like being in a supporting role. And what I learned from working as a consultant and working in a contract type of situation is that I'm almost 
a better advocate for a business because I only get involved with businesses that I really want to work with. And right now I'm working um, with, with Woven and I, I find sometimes, you know, I look at Matt, the founder, and I'm almost more of sort of this like evangelical person about the brand because as a franchisor, I wish we'd had that to grow the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see how the franchisees respond to it that are using this platform. And so um, for me, like that moment was that I don't, I don't want to be the face of the brand anymore. I want to be that on the supporting side um, and be involved in the franchising industry because it's, it's so collegial, you know, everyone really is so supportive of um, one another because you're kind of competing with everyone, both as a franchisor and as a supplier. And so the best way to really navigate that is to work together because there is space for everyone. If everyone's doing a great job within their own niche, within the industry, within the industry that they're, they're involved in. Yeah, it's interesting. I'll even do then another side to it because, you know, you were talking culture and, and as I mentioned, I was in part of, two or three companies where we were, we were starting from the ground up, building everything. And I had the bias. Candidly, I had the bias of, I don't, why would I, who would want to do franchising? I don't want to do franchising. I can build this. I can do this. Well, then my, um, my last company that I was doing startup, I actually was brought in as a consultant for Del Carnegie franchise organization. And I was doing best practices. And so part of my, my role was going and visiting all these franchisees and documenting sales best practices and sales leader best practices. I saw firsthand, I'm like, this is why. I mean, it convinced me because Andrea, when you were talking about it's the, it's the collegial um, uh, feeling you get, it's everybody being connected and it's the process. It's having those processes that are built that then you don't have to build. You don't have to, when you're doing a startup, someone needs to build something. And many times people are entrepreneurial and they, they don't get there and then that prevents the growth. So, right. and then also the name brand. Having that name brand built in because people are more likely to actually come to a name brand versus someone who is just beginning to build their brand. So I started to see and became a believer and then so much a believer where then when I was asked to join the Carnegie Corporate, I'm like, absolutely, because I could see the difference that it made. Right. Karen, I think that that is, that is very similar to one of the pivotal moments that I've had in franchising. Well, two of the pivotal moments. First, building something from scratch. The first uh, franchise company that I was with was a startup. And I think I may have told this story, or many people might have heard this story before, but they were on ABC Shark Tank. And I came in a week after the episode aired. They um, needed to build departments from from the ground up and um, emerging brands. And I learned very quickly what it was to build on a vision. They didn't have an item 19. Um, they had 1,500 leads coming in on paper forms. And it was immediate to me that franchising was something special because I was able to see the passion behind this emerging brand, the passion behind these entrepreneurs and be able to marry those two things and create something really phenomenal. And I don't think that there I saw very quickly that there, there's not much out there that has the same impact as, as franchising. So um, that, was the, that was the first thing. The second thing that you said about, um, about impact, I remember when I was at my last 
a franchise company that I came in as someone who's a young upstart, brand new in the position. Um, and it, there's, you know, no offense, Jerry, these, there's these older white men who <laughs> didn't really like what I had to say. There's one ding. You know, they didn't really like what I had to say, but, um, you know, six months in, the same people who were cursing at me over the phone as upset franchisees were able to embrace me, embrace the vision of the company again, and see that there was something special that um, is, you know, part of that franchise and part of the future that they can have with the company. And I think those are the moments that really stick out in my mind is like, hey, this is kind of cool. Like, franchising is legit, you know, so uh, those are pretty special memories for me. You know, and I want to jump on that because I think one of the things that brought me into our family business uh, was, A, the business was growing and they were needing some help. But the thing that really got me was I was going to be able to use some of my own personal strengths in the business uh, that I wasn't going to be able to use in my other industry that I was in. I My degree has nothing to do with the business that we are in these days. But it was something that really made me feel like I had a place, right? There was something that I could provide. There was something that I could bring to the table that in a lot of other ways, I wasn't going to be able to do that in in other jobs, right, that I just went in and applied for. And I think that was so exciting to me. I don't know, call me a millennial or whatever, but I was pretty excited to be able to feel like I could be a part of something bigger, right? And I could I could work together with other people. And several people on here have mentioned this idea of, creating an an individual culture, but with that sort of like foundation behind you, you know, that's what's so critical, I think, in franchising is understanding that your partners are your partner, like you're meant to work together, and not this idea of like franchisee versus franchisor versus they're telling us to do it. That all that stuff is just silly. It's just a waste of time, I think. I think the most important thing is understanding that every single one of us is necessary, right? None of us is as smart as all of us. Every one of us is necessary to be able to complete the tasks that we're looking for or to be able to have the impact that we want to. So I, I love it. I I would rather work together with other people than work by myself. I, I feel like I can't hardly process things half the time unless I'm talking them out. Just ask my dad. He loves all the chatter. <laughs> oh, I bet he does. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I certainly think that that was something, I mean, and some people are really good at working in groups, right? And I love having camaraderie. And that was as soon as I started doing validation calls, that's when I was like, oh my gosh, this is really going to be fun because the owners that I spoke to were like so open with their information. And then we went to discovery day, which happened to be just by coincidence, you know, at the annual convention. And it was, it really wasn't all for one, like you said, Sam. It wasn't like, oh, me versus you or this market, you know, compared to that market. It was really all about how can we share the information to make everybody better because in franchising, you're all fighting to build the same brand, right? Because we know that if you have a strong brand and people have brand recognition, it's like making that driveway decision when you leave your house, right? Or picking up the phone or going to the computer, you're going to go to that brand that you know before a brand that you don't. So I think it's great. There's a lot of social proofing that goes on when you have a brand, especially one that is in good standing and has a lot of great energetic people. They're all focused on customer service and experience and things of that nature. So 
I think it didn't take long for me either. Once you get into that group, right? It's like, it, we always talk about the Fran family, like it's instant family. So I think it's been great. Yeah, and Michelle, you, you, yeah. but I want to make sure she gets off and gives us a little taste of what she has on her mind. Yeah. So as a, you know, kind of an outsider in terms of, you know, we're not, we're not a franchise, but I see my company works with both franchisees and just, regular businesses, if you will. And the thing that I really appreciate about franchises is what some of the rest of you mentioned, but it's that, A, it's that consistency in the brand, right? So there's not really any wishy-washiness that goes along with the brand. The brand is the brand, and you, you stay within those guidelines to promote it when you're doing marketing. And that's refreshing because, you know, a lot of times, other businesses, they're still always kind of struggling. What is our brand? I don't know. And it, it can change quite often. And um, it, it can be a real struggle to understand what a business with a non-consistent brand needs to say, especially when we're talking about, you know, on social media, et cetera, right? So, but it's also franchising is just a fabulous way for, since we're talking about women today, uh, women to build wealth. You know, I think, I know personally some uh, franchise, female franchise owners who have really uh, just been able to take it and run towards building wealth, familial wealth, and wealth, you know, just is amazing. Whereas I think a lot of times what I've noticed um, is that when you're building a business kind of in a silo, it's harder a lot of times to build that wealth. But with a franchise, you've got that camaraderie, like has been talked about. You've got that consistency of a brand. Um, brand message and um, just knowing that you have other people to lean on and ask questions of when you're trying to promote or find workers or help or, you know, whatever supplies, whatever the case may be, you can kind of tap on those other people and say, hey, we, we need help. What are, what are you doing? What can we do? Um, because you're not, you know, you're not competing in an area or you're not supposed to be competing in an area. So there's not that kind of you know, ooh, who are you talking to me? You know, we're in the same space. We might be competing for the same people type of thing. So, yeah, building well, the consistency of the brand, it's, it's often, I would say, slightly easier to market a franchise. And, of course, you know, there's what Kristen was saying about um, everybody working together to make the brand better because the last thing you want if you own a franchise is for the brand to become tainted by some bad eggs, right? So you're really, mm -hmm. you're really pulling together to make sure that that brand stays well thought of and has a positive Absolutely. brand in the community, right? So, yeah. Thanks. Well, well, and Michelle, I was going to jump on that for just a second because I think we all probably know people in franchising that don't have the mindset we've all been discussing, right? We know people in franchising that do sort of see it as this competition. And, you know, I think we can all point out opportunities for them. You know, just one change of mindset here, one change of action here would help with that. But I think that, um, you know, everything that we have built in our own organization has a taste of other people that we've been working with, right? Like it has a taste of, I got this slide from this person, or I got that idea from this person. And I just had somebody at the last uh, event that I went to that came up and they said, I'm so sorry. I just realized I forgot to give you credit for some idea that I'm using. And I said, I don't, I don't need that. That's great. I'm glad that you're using it. You know, everything that I'm doing may not work for someone else, but I'm happy to share it because 
um, I think we're all better off if we are all successful in some way. So, you know, I think it, I think it's critical in franchising to understand that piece that, um, you know, your corporate partners, your vendors, your other franchisees, your employees, they're all, they're all meant to work together. And it's so important to model that even when times when it's not in our favor, mm-hmm. right, to have that mindset. And we always talk about it, the mindset of, there's a mindset of scarcity or growth or, or a mindset of growth, mm-hmm. right? And, and so it's always thinking of that growth mindset, the growth, the, 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 the land of plenty. And if you have that, then, um, then I think that's important. And, and, it's, and it starts with us. Mm-hmm. And I think then other, other franchisees see that too. And then you can surround yourself with, with other franchises that are like-minded. Well, ladies, totally in 45 agree. years of facilitating things like this, this is by far the easiest one I've ever facilitated. You, you're just doing your thing, so I appreciate it. I do have a couple <laughs> comments before I, you know, start the next conversation. Um, a couple of you talked about being franchisee material and those that don't really uh, want to get along or fit the model or follow the system or something like that. And a mentor of mine had a great saying about that when he was talking to potential franchisees. And he was asking them how would they react to different situations. And if they answered the questions wrong, so they were not going to follow the process or they were going to change it or something like that, his comment was then buy stock. Don't be a franchisee, yeah. buy stock in our company because it's much safer for all of us if you do that. Now, I, I also want to tell you all, I'm keeping a running list. So now we've, we've denigrated women a little bit early on. We've got the old <laughs> white men comment. We've got a millennial comment going on. So I'm going to keep this list. Oh, hell no. <laughs> so I, think, I think we're doing great. Keep it up. So, uh, now we're I think speaking the truth. truth. That's what we're doing. With we're all <laughs> said with love, dearie. Yeah. We're speaking our truth. Right, I feel like I'm in a group with all of you and I'm having so much fun. Let's just keep it going. So I talked about a mentor of mine. So I want to ask you all, at some point in time in this process, you've had a mentor who really changed your thought process, your direction in life. It could have been prior to franchising. Correct, mundo. Fred, calm down in the background, dude. You're interrupted by Dan. Um, so, cutting to the chase, now if I'm trying to get my, my thought process back together, talk to me a little bit about somebody that really stands out in your mind as being that person you really attribute uh, the person you are today to, whether it be as a part of franchising, a part of life that led you to this or whatever. And Cassidy, can I start with you on this one? I I have two very quick answers to this question. The first is uh, my COO at my last company, Huddle House. Uh, where I was on the franchisor side, who I actually just went and had lunch with the other day. And he just invested in me in a way that uh, I saw some new things in myself that I did not know I could do, that I could be, that I could accomplish. And uh, so I really just have a, a great deal of respect for him. And then the second piece of that is actually a group of women. And those women, I am lucky enough to be able to sit on the IFA's Women's Franchise Committee. And there, especially, I I would point out Michelle Rowan in particular, she also saw something in me that I I knew that I had, but I didn't realize that other people could see. And um, I feel like if... if you have some champions behind you, and I would say 
as a group of, of women, the Women's Franchise Committee is really fantastic about doing this, that um, it's, it's not necessarily having like a mentor, which is extremely important, but also a network of people that are champions for you. And you're surrounding yourself with people who are going to encourage you and invest in you and help you become the person um, that you may not even know that you could be. So just a couple of shout outs, shout outs for, for those women. Awesome. Yeah, mine was my former business partner, who I'm still very good friends with today, Jeff. And I met him in my late 20s. And he was a little bit older than me and had more experience. And I loved it because he, he had this strong sense in building a company of values, of what was important, how we treat customers, how we build a culture. And he, and he, and he would model that, too. And not only that, then he believed in me and brought me along, invested a lot of time with me in, you know, educating me and, and just really, same thing, you know, Cassie, you mentioned the, I always say he took me to places I didn't think I could even go on my own. So even though we were, you know, we were partners, it was, it, he really believed in me. And that is just to me, it's so um, refreshing and invested a lot of time in me as well. And even when we uh, today, we're not working together in business. We still talk with each other. We give each other ideas. He'll actually send me information. He'll send me books to read. I, I do the same with him now. And it's when you have those partnerships and you lift each other up and you have that, that, that trust with each other, it, to me, it's, there's nothing like it. Well, I'll go next. Um, I, I was involved in a, a pitch years ago, like a very long time ago, and, and I was, um, it was sort of a contest, and I, I ended up being assigned a mentor whom at the time I thought was just such a sort of unusual fit for me, um, but we ended up becoming great friends, and, you know, he was such a, uh, he was tough on me, you know, and I think what I realized and learned from him was that um, you know, in life, you get a chance to start over, but you got to take the opportunities when you see them. And that really, um, that really hit me at the right time in my life to, to do that for a number of reasons. Um, and also just that, like, no one's going to come and save you. Um, so, you know, like, get on your own horse and, like, <laughs> figure out how to ride it and go. Because, like, that's, that's just whether it's your business you're anything in life, like you got to handle it. Um, and you just got to get up and go and do it. And, um, and that, you know, he, he's tough, but I also really admire just the directness of that kind of mentorship in the franchise space. I have someone that I, I'm sure she's not aware that I feel this way because I think I, to some extent act as though she's a bit like a celebrity crush for me, but but um, Kathy Dino at Paint, Painting with a Twist, I just think she's just such a remarkable franchisor. Um, just, you know, when she started her business and sort of the time of her life and things she had been going through. And, um, you know, I think that's remarkable in and of itself. But the thing that I really find, um, you know, that, that stuck with me is the care and the genuine um, thought that goes into how she works with her franchisees. And I just don't know that I've seen that level of engagement, um, entire network. Like she's, she's really just truly um, connected with the franchisees and their needs. And, um, 
I think that's unusual. And it, it really inspired me to want to have something that, that kind of connection and really, whether it be on the franchisor side, but even now on the supplier side, when I look at what, what Woven offers in terms of, um, you know, software as a service, it's, it, it's kind of similar in, in a way because that we've grown by franchisee adoption, which just doesn't happen. And so I think, you know, that's, that's similar where if you're meeting the needs of the franchisees, then typically the franchisor is going to succeed. And it kind of says the same thing about the suppliers. The suppliers only succeed when the franchisees succeed, not the franchisors. And I think the whole system in many ways actually works from the bottom up, not from the top down. So, um, you know, I think early on I met her and, and I, I just, I, I think it really impacted how I look at the industry from all, all points of view now that I've been on a couple of different sides of it. Well, I think this is kind of cheap for me. So um, <laughs> I, I got into business, of course, with my family. Um, and so, you know, if you can't tell already, my dad and I are pretty similar. Uh, and so, you know, when we first were in business together, I spent a lot of time kind of being his sidekick. Um, I came in, you know, I, I don't have a license to cut hair. And so I had to earn my stripes so to speak, in a lot of other ways. And he really helped me to understand how to talk to people and how to listen to them and how to really help people understand um, that I had something to offer, right? That, that I wasn't going to be able to just come in and say like, well, because I'm the boss's kid now that you're going to respect me. That's not really how it works out. Uh, so we spent a lot of time together and, you know, I still tell stories in training that are reflective of the things that I learned from him in the first um, several years, I would say. There were days I felt like his secretary, you know, just like keeping his <laughs> schedule and whatever, but, um, but it was really nice to just be able to see some of that stuff firsthand and you know, I think a lot of times when people do get into franchising, um, whether it's getting into someone else's franchise or maybe even starting their own, they sort of forget they need to observe for a while. You know, they, they need to kind of sit back and observe and um, reflect on the things that are going on, the things that they can provide, that they can offer. And, you know, I think that going through that process really gave me a different perspective than I might have had if I had come in in, in some other way. Mine was really interesting because I grew up in a male-dominated um, industry, and it was really interesting because we'd have always these conversations about um, passion versus emotion, right? And I'd get so angry. I'm like, you know what? You call, you know, we're saying the same thing. We're both, you know, marching to the same drum, and mine is emotion, and yours is passion. So there's always this big fight that I would have with, with the men about how can it be the same message, but defined as two different things, right? And I had this really great boss one day, and he said, you know, Kristen, you have all these things going on for you, but today we're just going to go out and we're going to take the group and we're going to go golfing. And I'm like, I've never gone golfing in my life, right? I had no idea what I was doing. I was wearing high heels, and he said, doesn't matter. Let's get the cart. You're riding with me. So we went out on this cart, and here I was. I learned how to golf in bare feet. Um, and had the time of my life, not just because you had the beer cart that came around, but because really we got to spend some time talking about how communication is so important and how, because he had powerful daughters, right? Daughters have strong personalities, and that's what I mean by powerful. And so as a woman with a strong personality, you have to understand not just how you think you're coming across, but how you're being received. 
and how do you use that in a way that doesn't come across domineering and doesn't maybe come across as emotional and more um, more passionate. And so that was a really big turning point for me. And he always, his big, uh, his big person that he always read a lot about and quoted all the time was Vince Lombardi because he was a huge football fan. Um, but there's a lot of stuff that as I worked for him in various places um, throughout my career, it would always kind of come back to just stop and I think as females, especially if you're strong personalities, and I think pretty much everybody on this call has a strong personality or we wouldn't be here, um, you have to kind of take your temperature now and then. And I had an HR manager who said, you know, Kristen, you're absolutely right in what you're doing. She said, and, and the thing is, you're, you're firm, but you're fair. And once you have kids, then I think you're going to see the part that is missing. And now I'm like, oh, my God, I totally get it, right? Like the compassion piece for your employees is totally different once you become, when, different once you become a mom because you get that everybody needs to be talked to differently. You can't just say, what is wrong with you, you know? <laughs> you're like, I'm 28, you're 48, what's wrong with you? I don't get it, right? You can't just say that anymore. And, and growing up in that industry, I would be like, I don't understand. I like these people that are working for me. They're all older for older than me. How do they just not get it? Right. And now I'm like, okay, now it's a totally different person. It's a different leadership style. And I think it takes somebody, you know, like Brian, who takes me out in my bare feet, teaches me to golf and spends a day talking about, you know, how you send the message, how the message is received, how do you queue it up, which I know Jerry, you're going to talk about that next, you know, and, and how do you really, get where you want to be while you're planning it and while you're somewhere else. You know, I love that story you just told my staff, the people that have worked closest with me throughout my years in our organization have told me several times, you got soft when you had kids. And at first I was like, excuse me. (laughs) And now I completely agree with you. I think that it does completely change you where you're, you're experiencing these things through a different lens almost. Yeah. And I, I think you're absolutely right. And I, I also love the point you made about having a strong personality. And I've been um, blessed with a lot of people inside Great Cliffs and in other ways that are willing to say to me, I know you have a strong personality, but I'm going to give you some feedback right now that you need to have. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I think that it's really <laughs> important. I mean, there's a, there's a gal at our corporate office that she still tells stories, a couple of them actually, I think that still tell stories about going around with me when I was just barely released from dad, uh, right. doing things <laughs> on my own and uh, them telling me like, you got to stop. Right. Yeah. So I think it's critical to, to have those people, right. To not be um, too offended by maybe people right. that are willing to say like, Hey, you need, you need to get it together. I, right. I was thinking about that when I was hearing some of the stories, how lucky, how lucky are we that you have, that you have someone who wants to invest time in you to, yeah. to share with you, you know, a ways of you know, your strengths and then ways where you can really kind of bring it to improve to get to the next level. And, yeah. and there are a lot of people that do that, but boy, when they do, it makes such an impact. Yeah, absolutely. There's a phrase that uh, a lot of the women in my circle use that is empowered women empower women. And so I think that especially as women, we do that very, very well. And um, that especially for those of us who have stronger personalities, we need that. 
And that's, that's been a phrase that has stuck with me and how I want to be able to reach out to other women. And, you know, a certain thing about that, you know, empowered doesn't, empowered leads you to be powerful, right? Powerful isn't being empowered. It's quite the opposite, right? So I think that's really interesting that you say that. And, you know, there's always, I always see something on Facebook now and then I'll say something about be the one that straightens your girlfriend's crown without telling anybody about it, right? Yes. Thing that you just do for each other, right? There's a camaraderie, again, getting back to that, right? That you stick together and you help each other out. So I don't know. I think it's been a great journey. We need to hear from you, Michelle. You go on silent mode here and we these powerful leaders uh, take over. So come on out. Well, I live, you know, I've been thinking about this question. Um, I have pulled really great, you know, nuggets of wisdom from many different people. Um, but I about, I don't know, probably about three years ago, I decided, well, after some prodding, by someone else um, that I really needed to work with a, a business coach just to, um, you know, learn, learn some other skills. I, I do not have as strong of a personality as maybe some of the other uh, folks on here. And so I, I needed a, you know, kind of um, someone to uh, maybe have a sounding board as well as just to go through ideas and things. So, um, I found a, a coach, a, a woman who's a, who is a very, has a very strong personality and she is a maverick in every sense of the word. She is just, you know, she's got a vision. She's got a goal. She just works toward it. She's got all kinds of people that are doing all kinds of stuff. And it's, you know, it's just really inspiring to see and talk to her on a, on a regular basis about where she's going and um, where we're going and, you know, where, where can we improve? What can we do? What are some ideas, bounce ideas off of her? And that's really, really valuable. Sometimes it's what helps me keep my sanity is having someone like that in my corner, just to, just to sometimes just be a sounding board and just talk things through and say, you can't believe what happened this week or, but it's happening, currently happening right now, and I just, I'm not seeing a way out, or I don't know how to deal with it. Do you have any ideas? And just, that's so valuable um, to have that, to have that sounding board and be able to collaborate with someone who is vastly different from me, but it helps me see things from a completely different pers- perspective, which is that's a, amazing. That's a, yeah. That's a- Michelle, and while we're talking about sounding boards, I can share with you that, uh, you know, hands-free on your phone has been Sam's best asset and my worst nightmare because if she's driving four hours between markets, I know I'm going to be on the phone for about four hours while she's just talking things through just to, you know, she doesn't even care what I say or what my comments are. That's the point. Oh, my gosh. It's Marvina's Jerry. Listen up. When us girls talk to you, we don't, we're not looking for you to answer. We're listening. We just want you to listen. There's a whole lot of head shaking going on on my end and not a whole lot of talking sometimes. So yeah, and that's all we're looking for. for. Yeah. All right. Well, well, guys, we've got a few more minutes. I want to kind of close this up uh, and, and give you, and now all of you strong personalities, pay attention to the instructions. I'm going to give each of you 60 seconds, not 61 or two, 60 seconds. To just do a, a quick shout out to women thinking about getting in franchising or 
or thinking that maybe that that they need some support in franchising or whatever, need the sounding board. Just it's not really important what you say. It's the fact you're reaching out to you know sisters who may need a little bit of nudging once in a while. So uh, I, I'm going to start at the top for me, Kristen. You got to go first on this one. All right. All right. You want me to give them words of wisdom? Is that what we're yep. going for here? Sixty seconds. The clock's ticking. All right. Don't be afraid. You have to get your feet wet at some point. Reach out, not just to your to your inner friend circle, but reach out to other business owners who are women, whether it's a franchise or a small business, and get a group behind you that will help support you and guide you through the process. Franchising is really the right way to go, in my opinion, if you're not somebody who's in it for the long Karen. Listen to your gut, your intuition. Uh, franchising is awesome, and make sure you're in the right one. So what I would say is make sure it fits with your culture, with your values, who you are. We're all different. We're all not alike. And so making sure that you connect there. And you know what? You can do it. I think too many of us sometimes as women, we think that, oh, I can't do that. I, don't, I haven't checked all the boxes. Hey, as long as you've got a couple of them, a few of them checked, go for it. Outstanding. Samantha? You know, one of the biggest things that I would say is, bring you to what you're doing in franchising. I think that sometimes in other careers, other businesses, positions, we have to, we're left to feel like we have to sort of channel certain pieces of ourselves. And I think the best part about franchising is we can really bring ourselves to the table every day and uh, know that in some way we're going to be able to impact those around us. Wonderful. Michelle? Yeah, if you're a female wanting to build wealth, and have a support system behind you, I would say franchising is definitely the way to go. And, you know, like some others have said, um, choosing one, choose one that feels right. You don't necessarily have to have the skills. Like you don't have to necessarily know how to clean a house or cut hair. It's more about managing the business, right? So find the one that has the best support system and has a brand that you can get behind. That, that's important. Excellent. Andrea? Yeah, I mean, I've done a lot of mentoring of women who want to start businesses or who um, have started a business and want to grow it. And so much of the time they're trying to um, think of how to find a partner or a co-founder. And when I talk to them, it's really actually about having someone scare or share in the scare. And so what I love about franchising is that you can actually have your own business and retain your own all of the equity in your own business, but you have the backbone of a solid franchisor behind you. And what I would really recommend that franchisees do that, um, you know, I, I, I'm learning more now on the supplier side is lean on the suppliers that you've chosen and see them as partners, like true partners in your business, because, um, you know, great suppliers, exist and they are partners in your business. So it's not just leaning on your franchisor backbone, but also, um, you know, the various suppliers that you can bring in to help you. And then you have control over your own entity. And I think that's the beauty of franchising. You can become an entrepreneur much more quickly. And I love what you said, Sam, about bringing yourself um, to the table. I think when you combine all of those things, it's, it's kind of magic. That's great advice. Thank you very much. Cassidy, you get to round it out. It's a round it out. I have said this in various capacities in different ways to women in franchising, whether you're a supplier or a franchisee or a franchisor, is you need to stand up, show up, and speak up. So if you 
don't really know, if you have a voice, use it. If you know your voice and, and you know how to use that, then please do. And if you haven't quite found it yet, then surround yourself with people in the industry who can help you find it and help you use it. So I always encourage uh, other women um, to not only try to do that yourself, but encourage, be that person to encourage those who do not yet have that confidence and invite people to your local Women's Franchise Network events. We have them all over the country um, and they're designed for you to become more involved in franchising, to find your place and find your voice and be able to use it. Wow, a slew of great advice there, everybody. That was wonderful. I'll, I'll just wrap this up from my standpoint as the only male on this. I do wanna add that Kristen gave us old people and men again in our tech list here. So. <laughs> She really You're helped us round it out. Um, the no, just is, you. Oh, just me? We were just, just talking about me and in general. Okay, I feel so much better knowing that. Thank you, Kristen. Um, <laughs> I love you, Jerry. I love you, Jerry. 35% is the wrong number. 50% or more is what we need. So we need more women. It's a great way to get into your own business. Uh, as Andrea talked about, gener uh, generational wealth. Uh, Sam can tell you about a family-owned business and what it does and the fact I'm looking at it as not only my kids, but my grandkids changing their lives and so on because of what we started. So for women, I think this is, this is the easiest way to get into business, the most stable, the safest, the most secure. And with this bandwidth of support that you have in franchising overall, but as Cassidy mentioned, even with just women in franchising, you will not find a better way to get into a business of your own. So Kristen, Take us away, young lady. Absolutely. We want to thank all of you for joining us on the show today, as well as all of you fabulous ladies who came on to talk about women in franchising today. Please be sure to like, share, and comment on this episode. But before you do, I have one last question, Jerry. Kristen, do I need to do, I need to do the, the whole thing and try and figure out what it is, or is it the one we always talk about? Well, I think he's going to come in from Oz and ask. Okay. We do not want to. So the question that we have to answer every week is, is this the right time to get into franchising? And I am very bullish on franchising right now. Uh, there are more options. There are far more franchisors out there with new uh, ideas and new products and so on than there literally ever has been in franchising. There's money available, so there should be no reason that you can't uh, find the financing to get into franchising right now. And frankly, as we just talked about, franchising is very welcoming. It's very supportive. Uh, it's, uh, it's sorry about that. <laughs> You're not I very mean. sorry. It is not limited by gender, by race, or any of the other things we run into in the world. This is literally the most all-inclusive and welcoming committee of anywhere that I can I can imagine. So now's the time to get into franchising, and we would love to have you on the island with us. Pillars of Franchising has a great mentoring uh, fabric that we're here to help you with. And as most of you listeners know, I wrote a best-selling book about franchising that will help you as you get started. So now is the time to consider getting into franchising. Well, sadly, that is normally the question I ask, but that was not my last question for the day. My last question for the day is based on the fact that we have many wonderful women. And for anybody who's been watching the show for a long time, you'll know, notice that the, the little woman in the upper right-hand corner is, well, 
she's the reason I do things. She's my granddaughter, Addison, and she's going to be five. She's a bit old, younger in that page picture. So my question to the, our, our wonderful uh, panelist is, what advice would you give to my granddaughter on how to be successful in life? Ooh, different. Not a franchising question. So Kristen, start us off. <laughs> I'm going to pass, Fred. I'm not going to be the first today. I'm sorry. I, I can be the first. Go for yeah. it. You, no, you know what? <laughs> Don't listen to anybody else. Don't listen to you know, as far as like you. You know you. Listen to you. Do what you love. That's, That's what's going to make you happy. Follow that. Follow that 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 center. That's your north star. Well, and I, I want to jump more. on that, Karen, because I was going to say, be passionate about something and fit, find a way to bring that into anything else you do. Yeah. Uh, whatever it is, whatever the um, love that you have is, you can you can use it in any way, in any business, in any um, activity that you're doing, in any relationship. Bring it with you. Find the thing you're passionate about. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I tell my niece all the time, I said, don't let anyone else take your shine away. And no one else on this planet can define your worth except for you and your creator or the universe. Yes, so and yes. That's what I tell her. <laughs> and if you're not having fun, it's not for you. Hmm. Oh, Angela, you're yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't believe I did that after all of Stand the years we've been on Zoom. <laughs> Um, keep moving forward. I think, uh, you know, don't get stuck in analysis paralysis when you've made a decision or you know in your gut what the right thing to do is. Um, you, you don't don't stay still. Don't stand still. Just keep going um, and don't stop until you get what you need. So that's my advice. I love what Andrea said earlier, the quote she said, which was um, share the scare. You know, don't keep it don't keep it inside. Stand up, share the fear. I love that. I'm going to be writing that down. I have several things I'm writing down based on this. I love, I love this. <laughs> All right. So as the second old guy, I'll ask Jerry anything you want to say to my granddaughter. You know what, Fred? I, I would echo what all of these wonderful ladies have said because that's, uh, that's the way I brought up my lovely daughter, and I would I would echo that. So I would say, you know, be you, be a strong and, a, and, a, and um, just a confident lady, and you have immense potential. I look at her grandfather and know that she's got it in her blood already. So the future's bright for that little girl. And the old, other old guy gives the best answer there. Go, Jerry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Kristen, wrap us up. All right. So let's start again. We want to thank you all for joining us on the show today with our fabulous women leaders in franchising. Please be sure to like, share, and comment on this episode. Thank you again to Jerry Akers for hosting and our guests for their insight and wisdom. Thank you to Fred Murray and our producer, our producer and Elizabeth Denham, our content producer. I am Kristen Shalmessi, and together we are your resource for franchising success. Excuse me. And this has been another episode of Pillars of Franchising, and your dream starts here. Thank <laughs> you.